Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. The Green Bay Packers haven't participated in a Super Bowl since 2011. That's when the Packers beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-25 at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Will the Packers end their 11-year Super Bowl drought this season? Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast. Greetings, Rob. How you doing, Gary? I am doing swell, uh, although my golf days are winding down. What do we got left? One good, good month yet, and that's about it, right? Yeah, but it's the best month, Gary. It temperatures is. Aren't <laughs> no, nobody's on the course. <laughs> nobody's on the course, and it's not going to be 105 degrees with the humidity. This is this is the best month to play. And and cripes, Gary. I mean, I don't even think there was snow on the ground last year at Christmas, right? You you might have three months left. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Although the way I've played this summer, uh, I should call it a, <laughs> call it a game right now. So. Hey, by the way, I don't, I don't want to get into the uh, golf uh, world too much here, but. Have you been following uh, Bryson DeChambeau? Um, I, I don't follow that, you know, day-to-day, minute-to-minute. Obviously, yeah. I know the overlying, you know, stories there. Yeah. But, yeah, not not exactly, you know, minute-by-minute. Minute. I, I swear to God, he's Babe Ruth of golf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's you true. Got, you, you got a 600 par 5 hole, and he's on the green at 2, you know? <laughs> Crazy. It's so. insane, isn't it? So isn't it? I mean, I, I know they're using far better equipment than guys like you and I are, you know, but when I'm on a 435 yard hole, Gary and two, I'm doing a dance, you know, exactly. you know from, from the fairway. So yeah, the, I mean, the fact these guys are bombing like that 350, 370 is just, it's insane, isn't it? Exactly. So, uh, Hey Rob, we got a lot of topics on our plate today, but uh, let's get started by talking about the Packers final 53 player roster at least on the surface, there weren't any major surprises on cut down day. Uh, Kamal Martin was cut earlier. J.K. Scott was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not saying that he didn't uh, deserve to be cut, but I, I was nevertheless still surprised. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, Gary, I, I honestly thought they might change the long snapper and the punter. You know, I, I'm a little surprised Hunter Bradley is still there because he's been, been pretty inconsistent, but you know, specifically to Scott Gary, you know, he's a, he's a draft pick from, from what was it? 18, I think a fifth rounder. Yeah. Um, usually, you know, usually a general manager will let those guys go and give them a little bit longer of a leash. Obviously Gutekunst thought three years is more than enough. Um, you, you, you've seen him make some moves with his draft picks this summer. Uh, Josh Jackson, Kamar Holman, various guys, you come up Martin, like you said, you know, the linebacker, he, he's moving off of guys quicker than, than Ted Thompson ever did, Gary. And Scott was one of those guys, um, just way too inconsistent. You know, his, his three years in Green Bay, Gary, he was always in the mid-20s in, in terms of, of net and overall average. And, and Gary, I, the, you know, I think the image a lot of people just can't get out of their heads when it comes to J.K. Scott. Is, <laughs> I know where you're going. It's <laughs> just not awful feeble tackle attempts last year on, on a couple of long touchdowns. You know, the, yeah. the kid at Jacksonville hit him up for a long one. Philadelphia hit him up for a long one. You know, both of those were, you know, 80, 90 yards. I think the Jacksonville one, Keelan Cole was 91, if I remember right, Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I don't remember what the Eagles one was. That was 75 or 80. But, you know, just, just the fact that he almost went in the fetal position as guys ran past him, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think had to, had to drive the general manager and obviously the coaching staff nuts. So, you know, they made a trade. You and I are doing this on Wednesday, September 1. They made a trade on it's, – it's technically, Gary, not official yet. It will be soon. But they made a trade on Tuesday with the Rams, you know, it, it added a punter. I, I can't say his last name. Thank God I don't have to go on television or radio and do this for a living. It's, it's Corey, <laughs> and I want to see like, yeah. but, but Jorquez or something to that effect. Yes. We'll call him Corey B for now. Uh, for now, Gary, you know, they gave, they, they gave up a sixth for the, for the punter and a seventh, you know, so all they did was really go back around in the draft and they got the punter and, and the mm-hmm. kid looks like he's got a huge leg. Uh, they'll obviously have to cover a lot better than they have in, in recent years. Special teams remains a, a nightmare over there, a potential disaster to the season, but, but it looks on paper, at least Gary, like they've upgraded from, from JK Scott. Yeah. I'm with you. That was probably, you know, maybe not the biggest surprise, but the biggest, you know, the, the biggest, one of the biggest news stories of the day on cut down day, you know, obviously I think the biggest story was the fact they put David Bakhtiari on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had that torn ACL. I think as everybody knows, New Year's Eve of, of 2020, uh, that was, that was an eight month anniversary yesterday, Gary, of, of that ACL tear uh, for, for Bakhtiari. So it's just, Brian Gutekunst just got done talking Gary about I don't know an hour ago from when you and I are are doing this and he said the Packers and their medical staff um, they use about a nine to 11 month scale on ACLs that's what they think the norm is Mm -hmm. so obviously eight months in is just too soon it's rushing him back you know too quickly it'll be late October you know the the physically unable to perform list Gary is a six-week deal um so it's going to be later in October when Bakhtiari has a chance to come back and, you know, they don't have to activate him right away, but you know, he's obviously going to miss six weeks of the season. We can get into the offensive line stuff a little bit later. I think it's clearly a concern uh, with, with, with him being out and, you know, Gary, then just a couple other notable cuts real quick. You know, I, I would say Equinemia St. Brown, Yes. Um, you know, a six round draft pick in 18 never really clicked for him, Gary in, in green Bay. They did bring him back and put him on the practice squad just a short time ago from when you and I are doing this. Uh, quarterback Kurt Benker to me was a not a surprise, Gary, you know, but but a guy who had certainly made a, a, a quality bid to, mm-hmm. to wind up on the roster. Uh, he was released. He, he'll be on the practice squad to, to start the year uh, as well, Gary. They cut Dexter Williams. Again, here's a draft pick from just two years ago. Gary, that Gutekunst is moving on from quickly. Uh, Six-round guy. You know, he only had 19 rushing yards, Gary, in his two years in Green Bay. I know he was stuck behind a couple of pretty good players in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And then, obviously, last year, you know, when they drafted A.J. Dillon. But but Dexter Williams never really made his mark either. He's gone. And then, you know, Gary, a a, a guy who I thought at the start of camp was was probably going to make the team, and and they gave him every chance to win a starting job, was, was offensive lineman Ben Braden. Who was who was in the mix there at at, at guard, uh, you know, with with Lucas Patrick and Royce Newman and some people in there uh, fighting fighting for roster spots and and jobs. And clearly, they thought a lot more of, of the other guys. They gave Braden one last chance in the final preseason game out of tackle Gary, um, and then they went they wound up moving on from him as well. So um, again, nothing earth shattering, nothing like we saw in the mid '80s, right when Forrest Gregg 
whacked <laughs> Lindicky and Paul Kaufman on, on the same day. And, you know, and, and the state went absolutely bongos. You and I are old enough to, to remember that, you know, moving on from, you know, some of, some of these guys who were going to be players, you know, 50 to 53 on the roster, mm-hmm. Gary, is, isn't a huge deal. Um, so again, yeah, yeah. nothing earth shattering. And I, and I think most guys like myself, Gary, who, you know, and, and a lot of other journalists out there who, you know, did their 53 man projections here over the last week or two, probably wound up getting 48, 49, 50 of these guys, right. Yeah. So, um, nothing yeah. earth shattering. And, um, and now they get ready to go here in 11 days. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's me or, or, or if you have the same feeling, but it seems like years ago on cut down day, there were like, you know, a bunch of major surprises around the NFL. And now it's like you hardly see any major surprise. I guess to me, the biggest one was Cam Newton uh, with the Patriots. And a lot of people are saying, well, that wasn't a surprise, but the guy was the starting quarterback. Uh, He was, you know, the guy, a lot of people envisioned being the guy and and bringing along Jones, uh, but they let him go. But outside of that, there there weren't any like mind blowing, you know, releases. No, I, I'm with you, Gary. I think most of these teams kind of have their rosters now figured out, at least certainly their top 40 to 45 guys by the time camp rolls around. And there there just aren't any great surprises anymore. Teams are smarter with their money and the cap. They've got that all figured out. Uh, you know, but by by the time they get to the summer, you, you look back, Gary some of the cuts in, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, after they first put in the salary cap, some of those wound up being cuts that teams had to make to stay under the cap and things like that. Well, they've got all that figured out now months ahead of time. Um, It it doesn't linger into the summer. It doesn't linger into, into training camp. Honestly, Gary, about the only two big ones I can remember out of green Bay in the last decade or so, you you know, you you remember they, they cut Josh Sitton. Mm -hmm. I think it was in 16. um, And, and that was kind of a shock you know, on, on that particular cut down day, it was a Saturday afternoon. I remember when the Badgers and LSU were playing um, and, and the news trickled out that sitting was gone and, and everybody in Lambeau field kind of went bongos about, about that almost, yeah. almost as much as the fact the Badgers upset LSU that day. And, yeah, was Aaron uh, Rodgers you know, upset about that move? <laughs> uh, he was not. <laughs> he, he wasn't on his list, was he? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think that was part of the list. Right. Okay. You know, my that's first thing of the show. <laughs> the other guy I was going to touch on, Gary, was Mike Daniels. You know, he was a little bit of a surprise two true, or three years ago when, yep. when they moved on on from him early in camp. And but no, I mean for the most part, like, like you said, I I thought Funchess last week when they cut the wide receiver Devin Funchess was slightly a surprise. I I kind of thought he had a pretty good chance to to make the roster, but when they made the trade for Randall Cobb, um, it made it made that wide receiver group a little bit tougher, a lot tougher really to crack. And other than that, Gary, that you know, not, there, there just wasn't a lot this summer that 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 that's really surprised you out out of this training camp. It's getting easier and easier in June to kind of put together a list to say these will be the Packers' fifty-three guys, and and odds are you're probably going to get you know ninety ninety-five yeah. percent of them right. Yeah. Well, barring a uh, move or two uh, before the season opener, and you know, in a couple of weeks, are there any major concerns? That, from my perspective, it, it's still the offensive line, defensive line, and perhaps cornerback. And uh, with the offensive line, there's there's a possibility Myers and uh, Royce Newman will be starting next to each other. 
And uh, when you have two rookies starting on the offensive line next to, next to each other, to me, that's a recipe for trouble. Although I will say this, Myers isn't your typical rookie. I, I think he's far more advanced uh, than a first-year player. But uh, with, jo- with uh, Newman, I have some concerns about the guy. I like him as a prospect, and I think he's going to develop into a really good player. But um, I, I talked to an NFL executive uh, the day after the draft, and I talked to him again about a week ago, and he reiterated that Newman is athletic, he's intelligent, he's got good character, a lot of pluses, right? But he said he's got to get stronger. And, and, and this executive made it real clear. He said he's not a strong player at, at this point in his career. So I, I do have, do have uh, some concerns there. Well, what's the easiest path to the quarterback, right? Exactly. Directly up the middle. Exactly. And, and, and that is where they, they have enormous, enormous questions at this point in time. I mean, Gary Elton Jenkins will obviously bounce out and play left tackle and, and there'll be a slight drop off from Bakhtiari, but I'll be honest, Gary Jenkins is so good. You know, he'd probably be in the top half of left tackles if that was his, his natural position. If he play if he plays well here, Gary, you know, over the, over the first six weeks of of the season, I mean, he's due a contract extension, you know, in the next year or so, I can't even, I can't even imagine how many zeros are, yeah, that's it. Um, You know, if he goes out there and he, you know, allows one sack or something in six Mm -hmm. weeks and, and Gary, I think they'll hold up. Okay. At right tackle. That's Billy Turner's natural spot. I I, I think they will be all right there, but, but now let's go to the middle. And and that's clearly like you touched on where there are enormous questions. I mean, Corey Lindsley was the best center in football last, not just last year, Gary, but, but maybe over the last four or five years, he's certainly been in the top three. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a member of the chargers now. So, so they'll start a rookie there in in Myers who, who Gary, again, I I think the kid's going to be a really good player long-term, but, you don't go from Corey Lindsley to Josh Myers without some, some type of drop off there. No, no um, question. The two, the two guards in all likelihood, again, they're being very tight lipped on this, but, but again, in all likelihood, just the way most of the preseason played out are going to be Lucas Patrick and Royce Newman. Like you touched on a lot of questions on Newman, Gary, I think he's their number one guard though. Right now. I, I, I really mm-hmm. do. I, I think when Bakhtiari comes back, Newman's going to play on the right side of, of the line at right guard. And I, and I think Jenkins will go to left. Um, okay. Newman had a really strong camp Gary, especially the last couple of weeks. And I, I think, I think his, you know, win percentage and his, um, you know, his uh, lack of, 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 of allowing pressures ranked among the league leaders, according to pro football focus. Now, again, it's preseason. You're not seeing everybody's ones. You're not seeing game plans. Everybody's vanilla. You're not seeing teams drop, you know, exotic schemes and things like that. But I think they think highly enough of Newman that they don't have maybe quite the concern some other people do. And, and I think they're going to let him play his way into just being a, a, a starter moving forward. Lucas Patrick's the guy, Gary, I, you know, I really thought he played well last year. I mean, he, he's not a Pro Bowl player, but, I, you know, I thought he was a C plus, a B minus level kind of a player. Uh-huh. And, and his numbers certainly kind of graded out that way. I got the feeling this entire off season and, and really through camp Gary, they were doing everything possible to replace him and, uh-huh. and just not enough guys stepped up and, and took advantage. We mentioned Ben Braden earlier, you know, Runyon in that mix is a guy who maybe didn't take advantage of his opportunities or play well enough 
to beat out a guy like Lucas Patrick. But, uh, you know, so, so you look at that interior of the line then, Gary, you've got two rookies and you've got a guy that they were really trying to replace through most of the summer. Yeah. And, and it's got to give them reason for concern. They'll stand in front of a podium and a microphone all day and they'll tell you they feel good about this group. But, but Gary, let, let, let's look at the first six games of the season when Bakhtiari is – we know now that Bakhtiari is out, okay? The Saints have a, have, have a substantially above-average front seven, and they, they will put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, okay? That's week one. The Lions in week two shouldn't be a dramatic problem. That's not a very good defensive line. Week three, the 49ers, I mean, it's still the majority of the same people there that largely took the 49ers to the Super Bowl just two years ago. That team was beat to crap last year, Gary. They, they, they just they had, they had more injuries than almost anybody in football. That on September 26th will be an enormous test uh, for the Green Bay's offensive line. Now week four, Gary, back at Lambeau, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I think they led the league in sacks last year. They've, they've got a kid from Pewaukee that the Packers – uh, passed on in the draft and took Kevin King, who I can guarantee you will love to get three or four sacks that day at Lambeau Field. And he, he very well just might in TJ Watt. <laughs> right. uh, week five, Gary, they go to the Bengals, which shouldn't, you know, be, you know, that that's a bottom five or bottom 10 defense and, and defensive line. And, and then week six, though, Gary, they go down to Chicago where the strength of that team is still obviously the defense and, and the front seven. So when you really break it down, Gary, for the six weeks to begin the year, are against probably top 10 or top 12 defenses in the league that are going to have really, really good fronts and challenge the heck out of Green Bay's offensive line and certainly the interior there. So when you talk about the number one concern, I think without a question, it's the Packers offensive line and they're really going to be put to the test early in the year, Gary. Oh, no question. Uh, I wonder if they, they'll still try to go out and get somebody to bolster that, uh, offense line do you think that's a possibility probably not at this point i you know i i think they did that gary when when they went out and got dennis kelly at the right. start of camp right the tennessee titan now now he's been he's been dinged up a little bit he, he didn't practice the majority of the past week and i guess gary there's always a chance they could you know if, if, if they if they feel slightly uncomfortable with that much youth on the offensive line and Kelly and and Kelly is ready to go. And Matt Lafleur indicated the other day that that he does expect Dennis Kelly will be ready uh, for Week One. They could play Kelly at right tackle and exactly. and then move Billy Turner back to right guard. That, that, that uh, would Turner be was the guard. Yeah, I, no, I, I I think so too, Gary. I think that's certainly a a possibility. Um, and and then maybe you don't have to play Newman right away and maybe you put Lucas Patrick at the other guard spot or maybe they put Lucas on the bench and and they yeah. feel good enough about Newman go with him but but either way Gary you've got another veteran out there um in Dennis Kelly because Kelly's a guy who, who's, who's had a pretty highly successful career Gary um he, he's a little long in the tooth he's probably in his last stop here now that he's in Green Bay but is he a stop gap that can kind of hold the fort for the first month or six weeks of the year mm -hmm. while Bakhtiari is recovering he certainly is. And, and then, like I said, you could, you could kick Billy Turner inside to guard where he played in 2019. Now, Gary, he's better. Turner is better at tackle than he is guard, but, but maybe Turner's a better guard, for example, than, than Lucas Patrick is, or maybe Turner's a better guard than Royce Newman. So sure, sure. They, they do have some options, uh, Gary, and we'll, we'll see where they go from them. But, but I would really be surprised at this point in time, 
um, if they go and found somebody off the street or maybe made a trade. I, I they kept nine offensive linemen. I think this is the group they're going to go with and 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 cross their fingers and hope for the best. Yeah, you know, Rabbi, I I really thought this would be an issue, and and I still believe it's going to be an issue uh, going forward, but. Then I started looking at other offensive lines, uh, particularly in the NFC North. Every team has issues along the offensive line. The, the, the Bears are a mess. Minnesota's a mess. Detroit, I mean, they're okay, but nothing special. So even though the Packers have an issue on their offensive line, they're not alone. It's one of the hardest spots to fill every single year, Gary. And and I think the Packers have, and especially Aaron Rodgers that, you know, they've done Rodgers has been spoiled because his general managers have done a remarkable job of putting yep. talent in front of him. I looked it up, uh, you know, when a lot of the Rodgers apologists were, were, were kind of going on, on their rants, Gary, that they don't surround him with enough talent and, and, and things like that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Gary has played for, uh, played behind eight different players that have gone to Pro Bowls uh, on the offensive I, line. I, I know that that's eight. absolutely amazing, Rob. I, it, I it's, it's 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 remarkable. And, and Gary, look at the you know every year they go and they try to address that in some way, shape, or form. Right? They took three guys this year. They took three guys last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in the 2020 draft, Ted was was always going high with offensive linemen, and and he had unbelievable success, right? The Balagas, the Sittens, the Langs, the Lindsleys of the world. Uh, Gutekunst hasn't deviated from that path whatsoever. Elton Jenkins was a two. Josh Myers here right now was a two. He invested heavily in free agency um, on, in Billy Turner, who's turned out to be a pretty good player. You, you know, go back to Ted for a second. He got the best left tackle in the game in, in the fourth round when he found David Bakhtiari. They're taking a lot of swings at that position, Gary, every single year. And even these last two years when they took three in each draft, I'm, I'm sure the philosophy was, Hey, if we hit it on one of these guys, great. If we hit it on two, unbelievable. And, and, and it looks like, you know, it, it looks like they're going to probably hit on at least two from this year. Gary Runyon is still around from last year's draft. Jake Hansen made the team. He's still around from, from last year's draft. They put Cole Van Landen today on on the practice squad I I don't know what his future is Gary you know but but he's still part of the organization so I mean they keep swinging on this offensive line and 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 they're hoping that you know quantity leads to quality and and for the most part it has I mean they've they've had a top three offensive line the the last several years Gary and and you're spot on the rest of the league I don't I don't know if they invest quite as heavily on the O-line as the Packers do they certainly haven't had the level of success you know, but when you go back and look at Ted Gary in all those years that he ran the draft, it was wide receivers and offensive line where, where he would hit heavily. He didn't go to wide outs in the first, but he went there in the second and third and he hit a lot of home runs with, with guys like Jennings and Cobb and, and, and Jordy Nelson and James Jones. And even a guy like Jermichael Finley, a third round tight end. Um, I mean, Ted was, Ted was unbelievable at finding that position. He was terrific at finding offensive linemen and, from what we've seen so far, Gary, I, I think Brian Gutekunst has done a nice job with the old line as well. So it's 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 a concern, Gary, going in. Uh, but history kind of tells us that these guys know what they're doing at this particular spot. Where you and I could be sitting here in a month saying, "Boy, that Myers can play. Boy, that Newman's turned out <laughs> yeah, to be a stud." Yeah. We that we might be saying, "Boy, what are they going to do when Bakhtiari comes back?" They got six, seven starters, right? So yeah. we'll we'll see which way this goes. But Gary, I mean, history does tell us that they've been unbelievably good at finding offensive linemen. 
Uh, the same camp you said about the defense line, with the exception of Kenny Clark, <laughs> uh, who, who's absolutely great. I, I think everybody knows that. But besides Kenny Clark, I, I felt this way last year, and I, I feel this way again this year. It, it's not very good. And uh, I think it's average at best compared to uh, lines around the NFL. But um, getting back to this executive I talked to recently, he is super high on Slayton. I mean, not just high on Slayton. He's super high on Slayton and thinks that he has a chance to be really good. Um, he mentioned that the reason Slayton f fell was because he had some issues, which he didn't elaborate on. He didn't go into it. But he said if Slayton keeps, gets his act together, that could be a major fine for the Packers. And I think he has his act together. I mean, Gary, if, if you would if you would kind of circle three to five guys this summer that surprised or jumped off the page, uh -huh. he, he might be at the top of that list, or he's certainly on the list. And, you know, I, I, I think they were optimistic that they maybe had themselves a mini steal, um, you know, on, on day three of the draft when, when they went ahead and took him. Mm -hmm. and, and after training camp, I, I think in-house, they all feel there's no question now that they got a steal. Um, he's a massive man with really quick feet. Um, technique is the thing they've obviously had to work with them over and over on and, and, and they'll get that and they'll get it right because they're unbelievably well coached on the defensive line, uh, by a guy named Jerry Montgomery, um, who I do think honestly, Gary, he gets the most out of these guys because I agree with you, at least on paper, the Dean Lowry's, the Tyler Lancaster's, the Jack Heflin's of the world certainly aren't the most talented guys in the, in yeah. the national football league. Slayton's a guy though, Gary, who, who has big time upside and potential. Um, I, he will be active right away from the get go. I would think, I would think he's got a chance to play 20, 30 snaps right away. He's probably going to suck up some of Lowry and Kiki snaps to be perfectly honest with you. And even Kenny Clark's Gary. And if that's the case, some of those guys are going to be a lot fresher at the end of games the one thing they haven't had up there, Gary, is is particularly great depth. I, I think their depth is yes. better this year. I don't I don't think any of these guys outside of Clark, like you said, are special. Um, I think Kiki's going to take a jump here, Gary, in, in year three. I think he'll be far more impactful than he's been as his first couple of years. Uh, but Slayton's kind of the wild card, like you said, Gary, in this in this whole thing. Um, it's a tough position to come in and master. I remember back in 09, I mean, B.J. Raji, a first-round pick, the ninth pick in the draft, Gary, um, was almost invisible as a rookie. I mean, I think I gave him a D that year when I did uh, my, my season-ending grades. He, he wasn't good, and, and he was, you know, he, he elevated himself within a year to one of the top five noses in football. And, you, I mean, cripes, they're probably not uh, beating the Bears. They're probably not winning a Super Bowl in 2010, um, are they, without B.J. Raji's huge play in that NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, down in Chicago, even, even Kenny Clark, Gary was, was pretty quiet as a rookie. And then he really busted out in year two. So to ask Slayton, I think to, you know, come in Gary and, and let's say play 450, 500 snaps yeah. and have five, six sacks and 35, 40 tackles. That's probably a lot, but um, I, I I'm telling you, Gary, I wouldn't put it past him because he was one of the stars at training camp. Obviously everything's going to jump 17 notches, moving forward now when, when, when they see the saints and, and the lions and the Steelers and, and all these people coming up here in the first month of the season, Gary, but um, Slayton's a guy you should be encouraged about or the Packer nation should be encouraged about. And 
Gary, he, he might be the guy, like you said, it's a pretty mediocre group overall. He might be able to take that group from, you know, a C to a B minus or a B. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, do you think Stokes is a better player than Kevin King at this particular moment? And, and who do you think is going to line up as the uh, starting cornerback uh, at, at that spot? It's a great question. Uh, it really is, Gary. They, they might line both of them up. You know, they, they, they have what's called a star position. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out right now whether that's going to be Shannon Sullivan, probably, or Jair Alexander. It's the guy who comes and plays in the slot and, and, and tries to take away that slot guy. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost like what Charles Woodson did sure. back in the Dom Cape defense, you know, 10 years ago, you know, where, where, you're, where you're inside, lined up against slot guys, and you've got some freedom and flexibility, Gary, to kind of roam and turn yourself into a playmate. If Alexander kicks in there, Gary, and, and takes that spot, not my best guess is it's still going to be Sullivan, but if it is Alexander to answer your question, they'll line up on the outside then right away with King and Stokes. That would be interesting. Go after Stokes, Gary, and they'll probably have some success early. This kid's a four-two-nine. I mean, a legitimate four-two-nine. There aren't there aren't a lot of guys in the league that run with Marquez Valdez Scantling, and and to watch Stokes do that through the course of the summer and in training camp, it's it was an impressive deal. I mean, this guy can absolutely fly. He's probably on a par, maybe even slightly ahead of where Alexander was, you know, three years ago when he showed up as a first-round pick in, in 18. And, and people inside the building have, have commented on that. Alexander has himself. And, you know, here, here's a guy, Gary, who I think a year or two down the road is going to be an absolute stud. I'm talking about Stokes. Yeah. And when you mm-hmm. pair him with Alexander, you may have the best cornerback duo in football. Um, but – to your question, you know, for week one, Gary, if they go with Sullivan in the slot, um, which is very possible, they're going to line King up on the outside with Ale- with Alexander. And then probably just Stokes will be their, their fourth guy. They're going to bring him along slowly and gradually. But, Gary, he's ready. I mean, if, if, if they do make the choice to go to Alexander as their star um, and play him in that position, Stokes will be on the field right away. Gary, I think I think no matter what happens – Stokes is a guy you're, you know, you're going to see his playing time gradually and gradually increase. Um, he may pass Kevin King at some point in time, you know, by, by week eight, by week. 10. Yeah. I, I'll tell time. you what, you know, Rob, you know, as well as anyone, when cornerbacks are drafted late in the first round or thereafter, they have a tough time adjusting to the NFL. And uh, you know, remember Vinny Clark, <laughs> oh yes. Well, what was wasn't Vinny Clark like a late first round pick, as I recall? I think he was twentieth. I'd have to look it up, but it's yeah. that number's in my mind. Reason, yeah, Gary. And, and I saw how he struggled, and then I looked back the last year when the Vikings uh, drafted a bunch of uh, DBs, you know, in the first and second, third round, or whatever it was, and, and they were horrible. And I'm thinking that like, if you're the Packers and you're vying for a Super Bowl you better make sure that rookie can play because if he isn't, he's going to get picked on and picked on a lot. So I, I think that's going to be a very, very interesting uh, position to watch. Yeah, Gary, I can play devil's advocate though with you right now and say four years in teams were still picking on Kevin King and, and it's why the Packers <laughs> there you go. Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah, um, and you know what, Rob, in defense of King, it's because Alexander is so damn good. Yep. 
that that teams are going to go his way. You know what I mean? They they don't have an alternative really. So uh, yeah, and, and I am not on the Kevin King bandwagon, but I think right now I, I think it behooves the Packers to play with a veteran corner. No, and I think they will, and that's why they brought him back on a one-year deal, Gary. You know, is they're, they're not going to stick him on the bench in all likelihood and create a lot of friction. Like, like I said, I, I think the key decision they're they're going to have to make there when it comes to playing time is who's kind of in that in that star role that, that who yes. kicks inside, you know, and and takes the slot guy that they think Alex, you know, because hey, let's look around the league right now. That there's a lot of teams that have figured out that. You know, they, they, they can create a lot of damage in the middle of the field with these shifty little slot guys that have 80 catches a year. Right. And, uh-huh. um, you know, kind of player Randall Cobb was seven, eight years ago when he was in his prime in green Bay. And I think he caught 80 some odd balls and parlayed that into his, his first huge monster contract with the Packers. There's a lot of those guys running around the league right now, Gary, that cause a lot of damage and they're unbelievably tough to contain, especially on third downs. Well, now if you can put Alexander in there and take that away and you feel good enough about what you have on the outside with King and Stokes, boy, it seems going to be hard to throw on Gary because the safety duo was pretty darn good too. Yes. Um, you know, if, if, if they if they feel good enough about Shandon Sullivan, and I'm not sure I would. I mean, you, you talk about that NFC title game again, or I do, you know, how they picked on King. Tom Brady picked just as much on Shandon Sullivan, especially early in the game. He mm-hmm. just wasn't giving up the play before halftime to Scotty Miller that we all remember or getting the PI late in the game to, to keep Tampa's final drive going. But but Brady went to work on Sullivan big time in that game as well. So I, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if Sullivan's up to that challenge or not, Gary. That's what the coaches are going to have to figure out here. Here's the thing, though, that they've got four guys, what, what, you know, when I look at it, in Alexander, Stokes, King, and Sullivan – that probably match anybody's in football right now, Gary. I mean, that's good, a good that's point. Good point. Really good group of corners. I mean, it really yes. is. And and the safeties, when you talk Amos and Savage, you know, that that's probably one of the top five duos in football too. So, I mean, Gary, if they can get after quarterbacks with any level of success this year, um, that, that group in the back could cause a lot of damage. Yeah. Real, real good observation. Speaking of little shifty guys, you know, I'm the president of the uh, Tutu Atwell fan club. <laughs> did, did you see who led receivers in yardage this preseason? Was it Jake Kumro? My guy, Tutu. <laughs> I'm teasing you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kumro. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would have brought that up right away, too. Uh, now, that, that little guy, uh, you know, it, it seems like we've been talking about him a lot before, you know, prior to the draft even, but. I am very curious to see if that little guy can, can, you know, succeed in the NFL. And, you know, if the preseason is any, any indication, you know, he is going to do that. So, Hey, besides uh, those three spots, defense line, offense line, cornerback, do you see any glaring weakness on this Packer team? No, I, I, I mean, I really don't when, you know, when the, when the Packers almost made an appeal and a plea to Aaron Rodgers this, this offseason, Gary, when Rodgers was in the midst of his his temper tantrum um, and, and talking about, you know, not coming back. And Brian Gutekunst stood at a podium or a, took a Zoom call one day and said, you know, where is Aaron going to find a better chance to win than here? Um, he was spot on. Um, you break this thing down, Gary, position by position. It's, it's a top five roster in football, no doubt about it. And, 
And honestly, Gary, that's why I think even next year when they make the transition to Jordan Love, they're, they're still going to win double-digit games. They might not be back in the NFC title game. Um, that's a whole other discussion. But I thought Jordan Love was outstanding the majority of this preseason, a couple of bad decisions that he'll clean up. But, boy, they, they had to like 95% of what they saw from him. And moving forward, Gary, th- this roster is solid. I mean, it is, it is sound that they're going to keep winning football games in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. You know, if, if you just look at it, Gary, you know, kind of glance at it quickly, you got the MVP back at quarterback. I, I can't think of more than three or four teams. I mean, it starts with Cleveland, obviously, but, you know, th- there's only a few teams in the league that have a running back duo mm-hmm. like Green Bay does, I think, with Jones and Dillon. I, I mean, we, I think we've got to see a little bit more of Dillon, uh, but, but the potential for him and Jones is certainly to be a, a top three or a top five duo. And if they run the ball enough, Gary – there's no doubt that should be a top 10 rushing offense. Yeah, uh, you, Kylan Hill. Rob, sorry to interrupt sorry, you, Kylan. I, I was just going to throw in, you know, talking about those top two running backs. The rookie looks good. I mean, to me, he's going to find time, you know, in that offense. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, he's, it looks like he'll be their kick returner, Gary, to start the year. The, the You know, Amari Rogers, the third round pick will do punts. I mean, Gary, just kind of off subject for a second. I mean, the way... Yeah, I know nobody's played a game yet, but at at least the way this is trending on a veteran roster, you know, they're going to have five, six draft picks Mm. that make an immediate contribution, which is remarkably rare on a team that was in the NFC championship game. You know, the last two years, you're going to have two starting offensive linemen in all likelihood. Um, Amari Rogers is going to eventually become the slot guy. I, I think Randall Cobb will probably get most of those snaps to start the year, but as they realize he doesn't have a whole lot left in the tank, they're going to, they're going to almost be forced Aaron Rodgers or not. They're going to be kind of forced to turn that thing over to Amari Rogers. Uh, plus he'll do punts. Kylan Hill, Gary is, you know, going to do kicks. And like, I, he, he's going to get some work out of the backfield from time to time. He's, he's dangerous. There, there's no question. Stokes, the first round pick is, is going to, play um i mean even a guy like mcduffie gary the sixth round linebacker might work his way into the lineup and turn out to be a pretty good special teamer we mentioned tj slayton uh, again uh, newman, newman. Uh, yep yep yeah. right yep those offensive linemen up front so i mean gary we're talking six seven draft picks they're going to contribute right away on this roster and um i'll tell you what again no one's played a game yet we've got to see these guys when when the bullets are live and the pads are on uh, but by the looks of it, this is this is turning out to be a one heck of a draft for Brian Gutekunst. Oh, um, man. You, you made a great observation, though. How many really established football teams allow that many young players to make an impact on it? You know, it, it, right? it, it is very rare. I remember, Gary, after they won the Super Bowl in 96, they came back and, and had that next draft in 97. And I think I think only three or four of those guys made it um, mm. from that draft that Wolf had. I, I'd have to grab my my media guide and look at that. But but I think there were only a few that even stuck that following year. Now, one of the reasons was, you know, Wolf botched the kicker spot and they, they wound up, uh, you know, moving on from him and they found Ryan Longwell um, that and, and he was off the street. But boy, Gary, that uh, that is incredibly rare when a team that's won 26 games yes over the last two years, you know, finds a way to, to not only just keep all these rookies uh, for the most part outside of Van Lannan, um, but, but they're going to, these guys are going to get meaningful snaps. And 
Um, again, Brian Gutekunst, we can go to, we can do this a whole other podcast, Gary. I won't take us there today. We can go through and break down his drafts, but he's done overall a pretty good job in that department and then rebuilding this roster from, from what Ted left him behind, because there was a lot of nonsense floating around when, when they, you know, when they kind of kicked Ted into retirement for you years back and and between free agency and the draft Brian Gutekunst has really rebuilt this thing and and that's where we were going Gary a second ago just when you asked if there are you know any other weaknesses no I mean the quarterbacks the MVP right the running game should be outstanding you got the number one wide receiver in football along with you know a lot of solid parts around him a tight end that had 11 touchdowns last year and it's a positional group now where they're incredibly deep um Outside linebacker, Gary, I think, you know, what once they get Zadarius Smith right with that back injury, their their three can match pretty much any in, in football. They're not great on the inside, Gary. Um, you know, it, Chris Barnes and Devondre Campbell will be the starters. Um, and and they kept Burks and Summers and McDuffie as as three backups. But but you know, Gary, if, if that's your worst or one of your two or three worst yeah. positions yeah. on your football team is inside linebacker. You're going to win a lot of football games. I mean, there, there, there's no question. And like we touched on, um, the secondary should be a top five, top six, top eight unit in in football. Now, the number one concern, Gary, I think, and we haven't even hit this yet, is special teams, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you 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 take it back to the last 16 years. Eight of those years, Gary, the Packers have been either 31st or 32nd in overall special teams rating. Four times they were last. Four times they were second to last. They were 29th last year. Gary, over the last 16 years, they have been in the top half of the league in special teams rankings once. Wow. Once out of 16 years. In, in, uh, in, the, in the top 16. In the top half of the league, one out of 16 years. Oh, my years. Lord. That, 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 You're that, talking 6% of, 6% of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Got to get fixed. They've got to get it cleaned up. And, and to their credit, you know, again, they're taking steps to try to do that, right? They, they dumped the punter that they knew was inconsistent and they traded for one that they think will, you know, be an upgrade at that spot. They've, they've tried to address kick and punt return uh, in the draft. And, and I think those two young rookies will probably give them a boost in that area. Now, Gary, they were terrible last year in coverage. Obviously the numbers get skewed a little bit on that punt stuff when you're giving up long touchdowns like they did, uh, like they did twice during the regular season. So they've got to get that cleaned up. I still think Gary, they're going to dump the long snapper at some point in time. Hunter Bradley has been remarkably inconsistent. Um, Brian Gutekunst had his back today earlier before you and I talked. Gutekunst was in a press conference and asked about, was asked about Bradley and he, and he backed him up. But um, you know, Gary, it's, it's risky business to me when your special teams or any unit on your football team are atrocious and then you decide to promote from within. And that's what the Packers did with special teams. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they promoted Maurice Drayton, who was the assistant last year on a, on a really, really bad special teams group. And, and he's leading the charge now. So, I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong, Gary, but, you know, I've, I've got a lot of doubts about where they're headed on special teams. It, you know, they've addressed it better. I think their personnel is a little bit better. But history tells us, Gary, that the, the, that this is, this is a huge reason for concern. And, um, you know, I guess until proven otherwise, Gary, uh, you know, we talked about O-line and D-line and some other spots. I would almost say to me special teams could be as big of a, a weakness as this group has. 
Yeah, yeah. And when you get down to the uh, nitty gritty, come playoff time, <laughs> special teams can often be the X factor. We all remember 2014, right? Yeah, yeah. We all remember Brandon Bostic. It was yes, a matter of time. We all remember the fake field goal touchdown that, that Pete Carroll pulled on Mike McCarthy that day. And, and again, that, that was, you know, just, just a continuation that of, of all, all the problems they had in 2014. And, and not a lot of those have changed. They didn't change under McCarthy. They haven't changed under Lafleur, and and for this group, Gary, to to probably go win a Super Bowl, they can't have the thirty first or thirty second ranked special teams in the league again. You know, mm-hmm. they've got to get that up ten or twelve spots, even if they're twentieth, Gary. That's serviceable, right? Sure, they, sure. No one's asking them to be a top five, a top ten unit. They just can't give away football games. They can't give away sixty and eighty yard returns, right? They can't get kicks blocked. They they can't put the ball on the ground. It's it, it's been a it's been a just just a comedy of errors year in and year out, and it's something they've got to get fixed, Gary, if they're going to make a run at the Lombardi. Well, that 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 stat you just threw out is mind-boggling. I I think everybody realized they were bad on special teams. They've been really really bad on special teams. Hey, yeah, uh, moving along. Let's let's break down the uh, seventeen. Doesn't that sound weird? Seventeen game regular season schedule. It's so weird, Gary, when people keep asking me for a prediction and I say 12 and four, or <laughs> 11 and five or 13 and three or whatever on teams. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You got to add a game. Yes. Well, you aren't alone. Guys I, like you and I struggling to call them the Los Angeles Chargers or whatever, right? Right. right. We, don't, we don't do all the change after all these years. Well, you know, if I'm not mistaken, they, the Packers have the fourth toughest schedule in the NFL this year. I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge uh, to come up with a winning percentage like they did the last two years at 13 and three, but um, it, it's, it's going to be tough. And the other thing I was going to say about the schedule before we break it down is their first nine games, I think six of them are on the road. And uh, you know what? It, it, for most teams, I think that would be an issue, perhaps a major issue. But I think because the Packers are such a veteran-laden team, that uh, they'll be able to endure it. But Rob, let, let's let's break down the schedule. And if you want to give me one one reason why they're going to win or lose this game, that'd be great. We'll just kind of fly through this. But they open against uh, the Saints in Jacksonville, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. I got them down for a W. Yeah, I think they'll win that game too, Gary. They, they catch a huge break to me that they won't face the noise that you would have had mm-hmm. with a full home crowd in the Superdome. That You know that as well as anybody. That place gets as loud as almost anywhere in the National Football League. There's no way. It'll almost be like playing last year, Gary, in front of, in front of no fans, um, you know, with, with, with the Jaguar fans there. Uh, that that particular day or, or or folks from Jacksonville who really have no skin in the game right they're, they're right, probably right they're probably just going to to watch quality football because they don't see any in Jacksonville or they certainly haven't for the last decade <laughs> well, um, I'll, so, I'll bet okay. I'll bet 70 percent of those fans if not more are Packer fans in Jacksonville I, I would think that's a very fair guess yes yeah, crazy yeah. okay week yep. two week two against your former favorite team the Detroit Lions a big W for the Packers. Yeah, I would think they roll in that game. 
We don't have to spend a lot of time there. Though I think the Lions could be in the running Gary, for the first pick in the draft. Wow. You haven't uh, talked to Jared Goff this week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's got visions of Super Bowl dancing in his head. But, Gary, uh, the only thing that kept that organization respectable the last decade plus was Matt. I know. You know that. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> so game number three is at San Francisco. I'm going to go and say, I, I'll bet that the 49ers are going to be favorites, but I'm still picking Green Bay. So I'm going to say at this point, they're 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers that night, Gary. Again, okay. this is also tough to call without injuries and stuff like that. We're, we're going to work under the assumption everybody's healthy Correct. Um, and, and things to that effect. I, I, I still, Gary, think that San Francisco's a top three or four team in the NFC when they are fully healthy. I mean, it was only 18 months ago they were in the Super Bowl with – what we thought was as yeah. good of a defense as the league had in a decade. And most of those guys are, are still around. And, and Gary, I mean, that, that, that could be the X factor in that game, right? Bosa and his friends going crazy, chasing down, chasing down Rogers um, in, in a patchwork green Bay offensive line. So I'll take the 49ers that day, Gary. Okay. Following week, they uh, have Pittsburgh at Lambeau field and uh I fully expect Mr. Watt to have a major game, but I also expect the Packers to keep rolling at 4-0. Yeah, I think they'll squeak one out that day. Boy, I mean, you how great is that football game, right, Gary? Pittsburgh coming to Green Bay. Yes. Well, it, it's too bad these teams only play every four years because, you know, two staple model franchises of, of the league. Every, every time I see a game like that on the schedule, even as I get older, Gary, and more cynical and jaded, I get so psyched <laughs> and fired up for, for a game like that. You know, New England only comes to Green Bay every eight years. Pittsburgh only comes every eight years. They play each other only every four years. But, boy, that, that game is going to be so unbelievably fun. Um, I'm getting tickets for that day for, for my two kids. It'll be their first Packer game. Oh, I said you get nice. to see all of them. You get to see two Hall of Fame quarterbacks with with Big Ben and 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 Rodgers and um, I just I think that's going to be just an all time treat, Gary. That you know I think we're looking at like a thirty four thirty kind of game there, but I think Green Bay wins it. And quite possibly Big Ben's last game at Lambeau. You'd have to think, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, what a great father you are. I mean, really, <laughs> every kid should have a father like you. You know that. <laughs> I'm blushing, Gary. <laughs> okay, moving on. They play this. This is the game. I, I mean, nobody's talking about it, but from my personal standpoint, I, I find this to be one of the more interesting games on the Packers' schedule, and that's against the Bengals. And I am really, really intrigued by Burrow. I, I think he could be something special. Obviously, he got hurt last year, but uh, they're playing in Cincinnati. Rob, I got the Packers winning again. Boy, am I on the uh, Homer bandwagon here. Yeah, you're up to 5-0. and oh. I think yeah. Vegas has them, Gary, at 10.5, so you better go take the over the way you're headed here. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> which really does seem like a low number to me. I, mean, I, know, I saw some speaking. places that had them in nine, Rob. I think that was before Rodgers came back, correct, or no? No, I think this is still after Rodgers uh, committed to uh, playing next well, season. But anyways. Well, when we hang, when yeah. we hang up here, Gary, you, you tell me who those places are because <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm anything but a homer, but this yeah. team will win a lot more than nine football games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Bengals still obviously in rebuild, Gary. They, they beefed up the offensive line a little bit to help Burrow. 
they they drafted Chase, the kid out of LSU. Um, who I know he's struggled at times this this preseason, but that that's a kid, Gary, who should catch 80 balls right out of the shoot. Um, but the Bengals aren't there yet. And I would think Green Bay wins that by a couple of scores. Those are always the dangerous ones, though, aren't they, Gary? I mean, you, you, you look Absolutely. at it. Nobody's paying any attention. Noon on a Sunday in Cincinnati. You just finished against uh, an AFC staple powerhouse with Pittsburgh. You've got, you know, one of your arch rivals the following week coming in the Bears. It, it's one of those tricky trap games that all of a sudden you look in the fourth quarter, right, and you're down 28-17 or, or something right, like that. Right, But, I, you know, I, I, I would think, Gary, at least, you know, theoretically that's a game the Packers, um, you know, should, shouldn't have a ton of trouble with. So I'll, I'll obviously take Green Bay and we'll call it 4-1. and one. Okay, so now we're into the – Sixth game of the season, and they play the Bears at Chicago. Rob, that's going to be uh, Justin Fields' starting debut. <laughs> I figure by by that time he should he should be taking over the uh, starting quarterback position. You think it's going to take till October seventeenth, huh, Gary? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That you know, Nagy Nagy's got too much at stake right now, and, and you know, same with their GM. No, I'm saying I think it's by about week three. I don't think it's that, that you you you. <laughs> You're ready to pull the plug already. I mean, with you know, he probably should be starting week one, right? I I mean, what's the point, right? That that, yes. that that's how I would approach it. But yeah. um, no, I I don't think it's going to matter, Gary. Who's under center? Yep. For yep. Chicago, all that matters is Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Brett Favre owns the Bears. Um, you're talking 30 years of dominance in this rivalry. And, and I don't think it's going to change in 2021. So I've got Green Bay there, Gary. Okay. Then uh, the Packers uh, host, yes, Washington on Sunday, October 24th. And uh, I, I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. I, I think he's the – how's this? He's the nicest coach in the NFL in my mind. But that's another story. Uh, Packers probably in a cakewalk. No, I, I think that's as good of a defense as the league might have, Gary. It's certainly as good of a front as they're going to have. Yes, and very much so. You, you want a good prop bet, Gary, go throw 10 bucks on Chase Young to be defensive player of the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, 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 he's a riser who's about to take a monster step. And, and you know, he's good enough that he, he can change the whole tide of that football game. I think that's going to be surprisingly close. I, I really do, Gary. You, you know, 24-20. 23 21 something like that i think green bay ekes it out but but washington's game plan to win this year you know that they're they're going to fitz magic and 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 he's their guy and yeah uh but they're going to rely they're going to tell him don't make mistakes don't turn it over um they're going to run the ball they're going to be they've got decent weapons around him but they're going to be a defense driven first football team gary that that that's going to be a tougher Sunday, I think, than a lot of people think. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I, I like Sweat, too, the other uh, defense lineman. Yep. I, I think he's a big-time player. There we go. So I got the Packers at 2, 4, 6, 7, and no. Hey, by the way, would that be the week Bakhtiari could possibly come back? Correct. The Washington game, October 24th. Well, that might be a good so, time for him to come back. <laughs> I was going to say, he will be put to the test immediately, right? Probably against the best defensive front in football. Yeah, yeah. That that, that would be the ideal time to bring him back. Of, of course, if he's healthy. Um, so, I got the Packers still undefeated until this week when they go to the Valley of the Sun and play the Cardinals. And I got them losing for the first time. Yep, I'm with you there. I'm I, I think that's, I think the Cardinals make the playoffs this year. 
I, I, I think Murray is a legitimate MVP candidate. Gary, if he can stay healthy, I, he's certainly going to be in the top five when it's all said and done. And, and I bet he puts up 450 total yards that night. And, and I, I'm with you. That, 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 I think that's a Sunday night game. And um, oh, it might even be a Thursday night game, right, Gary? It is um, a Thursday night game. That is so, cool. yeah, it's a quick turnaround game for the Packers, which will which will be tricky unto itself, right? You, yes. you, you know, you're, you're beat up after taking on an unbelievably physically uh, physical Washington team. And now you've got to go turn around and play the Cardinals on the road out in Arizona. Yep. I'm with you, Gary. I think they lose that one too. Okay. So after I have them winning their first two, four, six, seven, I got them losing again at Kansas city. I'm with you. Yep. I, I, I think the chiefs, if they don't win the Super Bowl, Gary, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna certainly challenge for it again. So, okay. um, Mahomes outdoes Rodgers, and you know, what is that? I think that that's a late Sunday afternoon game. Boy, what a treat for viewers, huh? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great what game. an unbelievable football game. Um, but yeah, no, I'll I'll take Kansas City and you know, kind of a 35-31 type of a game. Mm-hmm. Then I expect the uh, Packers to bounce back the following weekend. They play Seattle at Lambeau. Boy, that's a beast too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, Not now you're wondering why the uh, odds makers had Packers at 10. <laughs> or even nine. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll take him at home too. You know, the, the history of this rivalry, Gary, with Seattle the last decade has been whoever's at home wins. Um, I think Green Bay's won four in a row, you know, because both teams have been perennial playoff teams for the you know well green bay has for 30 years seattle has been for the last 10 since they've gotten russell wilson green bay cannot win in seattle seattle cannot win in green bay since the russell era started so i i, I guess i'll continue to kind of follow that pattern and and trend gary that you know russell struggles a little bit in green bay but uh you know the weather should still be decent it's only november 14th when when they're playing that game Game, but but I'll take Green Bay, Gary, which I think then maybe on my book puts them to seven and three. Yes. Then they play at Minnesota, and I'll tell you what, I had them down originally for a loss, but when the Vikings lost Irv Smith, and I don't know if Irv Smith will be back at that point or not. Uh, if he is, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. If they don't have him, I think the Packers win. But uh, for right now, I, I think they're going to win. Yeah, Matt LaFleur has just dominated this division, hasn't he, Gary? Yeah, he sure has. And, and, and whatever, that, that's an enormous reason. They're 13-3 and three in the, you know, each of the last two seasons as he's absolutely owned the NFC North. I see nothing changing. Gary, I, I think after this season, the Vikings move on from Cousins. Um, and, and this is just a – this game will be just another reason why that when, when the Minnesota realizes they can't get over the hump uh, with, with cousins trying to beat the Packers. Okay. I, I got a dilemma here. I, I wrote down, they play Los Angeles the following week. That That's the chargers. That's the Rams. That's the Rams. It is the Rams. Okay. Well, you know, who's going to be at that game. I do. Two, two's favorite fan out here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it seeing Miss, Mr. Stafford, but I, but I got him down for a loss in that game. You've got the Rams beating the Packers. I do. Yep. You know, 
you and I are doing this off the cuff, Gary. I hadn't given any of this any thought. Yeah. Which which makes this fun because the more I think about things, I, I usually make the wrong decision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, par- paralysis by analysis, right? I George Costanza, you know, and just go opposite most of the time. And, <laughs> and life, life would work out a lot better sometimes. Uh, I, I'm going to take Green Seinfeld. Bay. Okay. Exactly. I'm going to take Green Bay on that one, Gary, by the, by the, by the skin of their teeth, you know. Okay. You, yeah, no. You, I, you know my love for Matthew Stafford. I, I, hey, I think Matthew Stafford's going to challenge for MVP this year. I, I think MVP comes down to Rodgers, Mahomes, you know, Stafford, Murray, and probably Brady uh, when, when it's all said and done. But, um, you know, people – Gary, honestly, people around the country, Detroit has played so many noon games the last decade, and, and nobody gets to see Matthew Stafford on a national level week in and week out. Exactly. The Rams are going to win 12 games when it when it's all when it's all said and done. And for for the rest of the country to see Matthew Stafford, it's going to be a treat. But but again, this, I think Green Bay ekes this one out 30-27 or something like that. Yeah, you know, I I just don't think Stafford's intimidated about playing the Packers or playing at Lambeau Field. He's been there, oh, done oh. that. And, Been there a dozen times, right, Gary? Yeah. So, and he's had some monster games against the Packers, and I think he's got better weapons now than he ever has. But, uh, anyways, the the following week they got the bye, and then the, they returned to action against Chicago at Lambeau. Again, I got a W for the Packers. Yep, I'm with you. And then they uh, go to Baltimore, and I got a loss there. I would I would agree. They're going to have a really hard time stopping these dual threat quarterbacks, Gary. I don't know that they have a natural guy to spy that position right now. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll turn one of their safeties like Savage, who's a fantastic athlete into that particular player for those kind of games, a guy to spy Kyler Murray, a guy to spy Lamar Jackson. Uh, But those are quarterbacks, Gary, that are capable of throwing for plus 300 and running for plus a hundred. And, and green Bay does not have an answer. I would say on the roster right now, not many teams do. I mean, let's be honest across the league. That's why Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. That's why Kyler Murray was the first pick in a draft. But mm-hmm. Green Bay certainly doesn't have an answer to slow those guys down. So I'll take Baltimore um, over the Packers that week too, Gary. Okay. Yeah. And then they have a, another game against the AFC team. And I think this could be just a great game, again, at Lambeau. And that's why I'm giving the Packers a slight edge in this. But they play the Browns. Merry Christmas, right? Yeah. It's a Christmas Day game. You are um, correct. For everybody that's tired of talking to their family after about 15 minutes, Gary, you <laughs> go, go find a TV somewhere and 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 and, and, and watch uh, Baker Mayfield and and right and, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and <laughs> this this really gifted Browns team try to try to ruin the Packers Christmas. But hey, that that that's a brutal matchup, right? I mean, the Browns have the best rushing attack in the league. You know, we, we know Green Bay's number one weakness or one of their weaknesses on defense the last couple of years has been stopping the run. We'll, we'll see how this all plays out. Um, but that on paper has the makings of, of, like you said, just just a terrific game here. I, I think the Browns should be one of the top four teams in the, in the AFC. We know Green Bay is one of the better teams in all of football. Um, I, I will also take Green Bay there, Gary, but, but that, that's going to be another nail biter. This, this, this schedule they have is absolutely brutal. You know, you're talking about Christmas presents. Uh, reminds me of when my wife uh, got a Christmas present for my youngest daughter, who at the time was five years old. And she opens it up, and it's just this beautiful dress, right? At least we thought it was a beautiful dress. My daughter picks it up, looks at it, 
gets all upset and she goes, you call this a Christmas present? <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, five That's years fun. old. <laughs> Obviously has her mother's personality. <laughs> Yowza. Yeah. Don't let mom hear the podcast. Yeah, or your daughter, say, Gary. Exactly. So moving <laughs> on here, uh, we got two more games left. Uh, they got Minnesota at Green Bay. And I'm giving the Packers another W. So, oh, I'm I'm with you there. I, I think Minnesota might have the best running back in football, or certainly one of the top two or three in Cook, and and he's the key to everything they do, Gary. But he's also been dinged up a little bit, you know, through the through the course of his career. We're talking about a game there on January two, right? I mean, Gary, if that ends up, you know, a game without Cook, Green Bay's going to roll in that game, and and even with Cook, I think the pack. Packers are, are the better football team. Um, so I, I'm with you. I, I think that's a night game. Should be really cold. Should be a lot of fun. I'll go with the Packers. Okay. And then the uh, season finale is at Detroit. And uh, like you said, the Lions should be in the hunt for the number one pick. So I would imagine the Packers will roll in that one as well. That looks like 38-3 to me, Gary. By then, you're yes. probably looking at Tim Boyle as the Lions quarterback. <laughs> well, Rob, we uh, wrapped up the uh, 17 game prognostication here. And if I wind up with four losses a piece, one, two, three, you have four, I have five. So you're 13, five. 13 and four, and I'm 12 and five. So we're Don't definitely taking, we're definitely taking the over on the Packers. You had, the, that's right. You had the Rams winning that day, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Okay. I am losing one. Um, to the Rams, the Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, 49ers, Chiefs, Cardinals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So we're yeah, good. The homer that I am, Gary, I've, I've got them with more wins than you do. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I was fully expecting you to say, ah, oh, they're going to go eight and nine. <laughs> I, I continue to bang the drum that this, this team is going to be absolutely fine in the post era. Rogers era when they when they take a 40 million dollar contract off the books and and sign three or four other impactful players and turn this over to Jordan Love it's a really good roster the general manager is incredibly smart and and Gary after seeing Jordan Love um through the course of this preseason um I I just I think they're set up for for really good football here for the next decade I really do okay well let's uh let's wrap this up with some more predictions who do you have in the NFC championship game? I, th- this is very boring, Gary, and it's it's very uh, um, very easy to do. But I'm going to go with a repeat of last year's NFC championship game. I'm just changing the location. I think Green Bay has to go to Tampa this time. Uh, I think ta- I think Tampa is going to win 15 games, maybe, and and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Tampa to beat Green Bay down there in, in the final game Aaron Rodgers ever plays for the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I, I hate to be even more boring, but those were my picks as well. <laughs> I mean, to me, they are head and shoulders above everybody else in, the, in, the, in that conference. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody's going to surface, but I mean, you look at, at the East with Dallas, New York, Washington, et cetera. That's just a God awfully bad division and then you think of maybe seattle cardinals i mean that's a very good division somebody could emerge from there but to me 
on paper, those are clearly the two best teams in the NFC. Yeah, I think the NFC East is really still very weak, Gary, even with Dak Prescott healthy again. I, Dallas is a 500 team, right? Yeah. Washington, Washington's got, got a great defense, a lot of questions on offense. I think the Giants and the Eagles are going to be pretty poor. You know, I, I, I don't, I think the NFC South, Gary, is probably going to be down, right? I mean, you, yeah. you don't lose a Drew and, and probably get better if you're New Orleans and they've been a staple at the, at the top of the conference for, you know, for a decade plus. I, I think the, the Falcons are rebuilding with a first-year coach and GM. Carolina doesn't have an answer yet at, at quarterback. You know, Tampa's the only legitimate power coming out of there. And, and, and the NFC West, I think, Gary, is really good, but they're going to all beat the nonsense out of each other, right? Yes, Seattle, yes. San Francisco, the Rams, the Cardinals. I mean, they, they could all be playoff teams, but they could all also go three and three against each other as well. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's a murderer's role there where, you know, Green Bay just doesn't have that problem in the NFC North, right? When, they, when they've got two easy wins against the Lions and, probably at worst they should go three and one right against the bears and the Vikings. So um, that, that, that's a huge advantage for green Bay versus say a Seattle or a San Francisco. Oh, exactly. Now I guarantee you, we're going to have two different teams meeting in the AFC championship. We will agree on one. I am sure that being Kansas city. I got them. Okay. I, 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 I have a hunch, Gary, our, 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 our second team might be the same. No way. No way. <laughs> right. Because I, I, I'm going way on the limb here. Yeah, I mean, you want, me, you want me to go first or you? you? Go ahead, Rob. All right. After the Patriots cut Cam Newton, I was all in on them, Gary. And I, I am. And I, I think they are going to win the, the AFC East. I think they're going to win about 13 games. And I think they're going to go to Kansas City for the AFC championship game with a rookie quarterback. I've got, I've got Chiefs, Patriots. Okay, I got the Chiefs and da 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 da, <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Whoa! <laughs> yep, I, I, I was gonna say, I guarantee you, you didn't have them. And I thought you were going Browns on me. You know so. what? I was very, very close to doing that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I was very close because I, I do like the Browns, and you know, I think potentially they they could be outstanding, but. Um, I talked to a couple people and they, they both were sky high on the Vegas uh, offense. They think they're going to score a ton of points that they're going to be electrifying. And uh, I don't know, uh, Vegas, obviously the odds makers in Vegas, obviously disagree. So uh, I'll, i long shot, but uh, we'll see what happens. Finally, uh, the Super Bowl. What do you got? Who's going to win? I'm taking the same two teams as last year, and I'm t- taking the same outcome, Gary. Again, it's boring, um, but but I, I I won't bet against Tom Brady. I just I just don't do it. I won't do it. Um, and and I think he's he's going to win the Super Bowl again. I, I think they'll be even better this year than they were. The the game will be closer because Kansas City's much better on the offensive line uh, than they were last year, and Mahomes won't run have to run for his life to make to make every single throw like he did back in February, Gary. Um, but I'm going to go, let, let's just say Tampa 30, uh, Kansas city, 24, same, same two teams, same end, same end result. Just, a, just probably a much closer, a much more enjoyable game for fans. Well, I got Kansas city being in the uh, super bowl. And I also have the team to the North being in the super bowl, the green Bay Packers. 
Whoa. Yes. <laughs> You've got I, the last dance being an awfully good one. Huh? Absolutely. I, I see some similarities. I, I think Rogers is going to be on an absolute mission. And uh, if they stay healthy, I mean, if, if they lose Aaron Rodgers uh, and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams, somebody of that ilk, yeah, all bets are off. But if they stay healthy, I, I really like this team. And uh, I, I think they can win the Super Bowl. And who do you have one in the Super Bowl, Gary? Green Bay over Kansas City. Yeah, Green Bay over Kansas City. Okay. Yep. yep. So we right. shall see. You ended, you ended, you ended up being the bigger homer than, than, than I did on this podcast, I guess. <laughs> watch, watch my my Vegas Raiders will go two and two and uh, fifteen or something. <laughs> oh well. So uh, Rob, I think we got a wrap here. Thanks so much for your uh, insights and your commentary. It was all excellent as usual. And uh, thank you to our listeners. Take care. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whoople and Whoople's Press Box.com.